Good morning, Mrs. Strawberry, and good morning, Mrs. D20. This is a podcast about making the world a better place one word at a time. I'm your host, Shane Adamzak, and my guest this week is musical theatre star, Mr. Brent Hill. His word is D20, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But before we do, I need to find out how my guest is doing. Brent, welcome to the show. Hello. How is your head, your heart? And your tummy. Tummy. It, tummy is a great word, and we don't hear it enough. We need mm. to hear tummy more. Um, uh, look, you know, to be honest, uh, a bit broken, really, after um, last uh, the last two years. Yeah. It's not just the pandemic happening. Um, but, yeah, look, for the last two years, I've been doing this big show. I was doing School of Rock. We were touring around a lot. And you might have heard of it. Uh, it's based on the film with Jack Black. And, mm. um, yeah, and it's, you know, big musical. Andrew Lloyd Webber was with a whole, you know, 40 kids involved. Um, but the workload was incredibly demanding. Yeah, you've mentioned this before. So how, how long was the actual run for you? Uh, 18 months, really all up. And how many, sh- like how many shows a week would you have been doing? Well, uh, only five. And normally... <coughs> only, only five? Yeah, only five. Only five. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but you do five days in a row. And yeah. normally, you know, normally you do eight shows a week. But because of the demand of the role and the vocal, um, uh, you know, uh, demand as well, it's uh, you do five. Um, it's kind of contractually put in there. Like when I started, the um, uh, voice coach was like, "Listen, just so you know, like we're doing this so you can use your voice intelligently because uh, like four of the Deweys over in the UK all vocally hemorrhaged." Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's like big rock singing, big running around, and you know, you are on stage for two and a half hours pretty much straight through. I guess you like kind of, in a way, owe a lot to those guys for taking take a fall, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, for figuring it out to like, learn from it. This is the way you don't do it. Yeah. So, so coming out of that, um, I mean, it was so exhausting, so tiring. Um, look, grateful for it, but yeah, look, my head is, you know, has was a bit broken from it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of came out of doing the show, and I had a burnout. Have you ever experienced that? Um, yeah. Probably not to that same extent, but in many ways, just doing way too many things way too often. <laughs> just trying to juggle too many balls. I feel like I've got better at managing it over the years. Uh, good. Yeah. Do you sleep well? Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, what I've had to do, I find myself in the last probably two years, is force myself to have, not every week, but a day mm. that's like, at least half the day, I'm just doing something not work-related at all, mm. whatever that may be. If it, even, if, like, even if it's just going into the city to walk around for two hours and shop or whatever, mm. or staying at home playing video games, but just doing nothing in my office, nothing in my workspace, and just recreation time. You need it. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes when you're so used to being like an independent artist who is also my own producer, you know, my own publicist and all that stuff, there's, a, there's always that little part of my brain going... You know, you could be doing this. You could be writing that press release. You know, you could be working on the website. There's always, like, so many little things that you could always be working on. But that's so stressful. With, like, this constant demand to constantly be, you know, um, putting stuff out, putting out material. Yeah, 100%. And because I do, like, sometimes visual arts as well, you know, it's finding that balance of even knowing that... Okay, so when I'm doing some art stuff, like visual art stuff, I know that that's a lot less stressful on my brain than if I'm trying to write a script or if I'm doing, you know production stuff for theatre mm. so it's just finding that balance in the work week of going okay I have a pretty hardcore day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so Thursday I'm going to have half a day off 
and I'm also going to just do some doodles. Yes. You know? Yes. And it took me a really long time to get there, mm. to be honest, but it's really made a difference. That's what I found was, because um, we would have Monday and Tuesday off, um, and that usually would just be like, I'm gonna, I don't want to do anything. I'm going to yeah. do nothing. I'm going to have complete downtime. Don't speak. Just, you know, um, completely recoup and rejuvenate. And then, like, do five shows, five days in a row. Um, but because it, there wasn't much balance, there wasn't good balance. Yeah, it felt like the whole world is the show, is making sure that you have enough energy and enough brain space for the show. Yeah, especially like if on your day off, all you're doing is just you know sleeping and just relaxing. You're not actually doing anything like fun. Right. Yeah. You're just like all I do is this one thing. thing. Over and like I mean, I, I went like the longest tour I've done, like doing a sh- show very regularly was. A ten-week tour of Australia. I think it was actually that was the tour I was on where you were doing Little Shop of Horrors, and we kept missing each other in like every <gasps> city, city by like a week or a couple of days. <laughs> it was so annoying because I really wanted to see you and you in that show, but I was never in the same place as you. I heard it was great. It was fine. It was good. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> so head, heart, and uh, and heart and tummy. Mm. Tummy. Um, I'm uh, I'm experiencing an on and off reflux. So that's cool. a fun time. <laughs> Um, but that's kind of come out of like my digestion being a bit broken from the last two and a half years. Yeah. Um, heart is good. Heart is on the mend. I'm doing, Great. um, uh, this, uh, pandemic has afforded like good downtime for cool. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you like it or, or not. not right? yeah. yeah. So that's been actually been really welcome. Like a very lovely, like, Hey, let's stop. Let's just stop and take stock. Um, and that's, that's been good for my heart and kind of. You know, uh, doing some good therapy and good homework. and um, So my heart feels good. It feels on the mend. Like, do you feel like when things start to go back to quote-unquote normal, or what I'm hoping will be a better version of before, Correct. you're you're going to kind of be prepared to jump into the new world? I, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. That's the idea, certainly. Like, coming back, coming back stronger or... Uh, re- rebirth you know it's come up a few times because you know I've done a lot of these recordings during the pandemic so obviously <laughs> it's the elephant in the room but we've one of the things that comes up more often is that like this has brought out like the best in the best people and the worst in the worst people oh, wow and just trying to really be on the right side of that fence yeah and, and you have just, to be aware and conscious of it you yeah and just to be like this is fuck for everybody but let's you know where we can fucking boost those positives man absolutely yeah and try put out positives for other people as well that's another thing that seems to be a thing that's coming up because and obviously I talk to a lot of creatives so people are finding new things that they're working on right. during this time and just be like the main thing is be like putting out stuff to make yourself feel better but also that will cheer other people up mm. and I'm like hell to the yeah hell to the yeah um, that being said is there is there other things you've been working on during this time that maybe wouldn't have happened if you were still super busy right uh, yeah I mean I, for years um, I've got four musicals that are on my project board that I've you're up to four now yeah, four, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. yeah. <laughs> and um, it like it all started you know like 10 god when was it 2005 um, really when Cheese Bike first occurred in the big hoo-ha which we both partake in and uh, improv comedy trip enjoy yes yeah. um, and how a t- part of the terminology of hoo-ha was cheese bike which I think you were involved in that show uh, I think that yeah I think it was maybe just when I started at hoo-ha because I remember that was 
a new kind of thing. Yeah. Which is basically when a scene on stage gets kind of just so ridiculous. I believe there was a, like an actual scene where someone got on a bike yeah. made of cheese yeah. and it, rode away on it. It was like, it was the same night as someone mispronounced briefcase and said beefcase. And then <laughs> it became about like, ah, oh, it's a, <laughs> a beefcase, right? You open up and you have all sorts of meats in there. Yeah, of course. But then uh, from... Obviously. from <laughs> Right, as you would. From memory, it was like cheese bikes. Someone, it was the, during the long form section and it just went completely askew and the ref was like, you've got a minute, you've got 30 seconds to like solve the long form and someone and I in my mind it was you but someone came on stage and was like don't worry hop on my magical cheese bike it'll solve everything <laughs> I feel like it was Jimmy or Ben in my memory but yeah or maybe Xavier oh yes that seems very Xavier <laughs> yeah. Xavier Michaelides who if you're listening I'd love to have you on the show Hi, Xavier. Um, we should move along because we have we a should. word to get to but okay. also as being my guest you get to ask me a question I do uh, it can be anything you want as serious or as silly as you like and mm. I'll give you an honest an answer as I possibly can um, I would like keeping to... in mind that my mother is in the next room <laughs> if you will <laughs> um, I would like to ask you the question of you get uh, the power for one day of being able to um, control mm. one human being. Wow. You know, you can get them to do anything and say anything and like walk anywhere, do everything. Right? Yeah. Who do you wow. do that to? That is a good question. Mm. I mean, the thing is like my brain immediately goes to like, how much good could I do in Trump's body right. in 24 hours? And the honest answer is I don't know enough about politics to think I could actually... I don't think I could actually make a dent. But do you think he does? Like No, oh, I mean, not at all. But like, you know, like I feel like if I was suddenly, boom, I'm in there, I'm like, okay, how can I fix everything? You know, I don't think I would make a positive, like I feel like I could make a more positive dent doing, being in someone else's body. <laughs> but then again, part of me is just like, maybe I'll just like pick a friend of mine. Uh, and make them do some real dumb shit. Someone, <laughs> someone who I feel doesn't muck around enough, and might get a kick out of all the antics I make them do. And I guess there's the other, like, kind of being John Malkovich question: is like, yeah. are they, as you're controlling them, are they aware of what you're doing? Do they see um, the events as? Yeah. They or, or where do they go? Are they in my body Ooh, somewhere? Yeah. Like, is this a swap situ- situation, or am I controlling from inside? Am I tiny? <laughs> mm. <laughs> There's a lot to think about. Yeah, I think I probably... I would pick a, a friend. Mm. I'm going to say my friend Sinjin Coucher, ah. um, who's in the troupe, the big hoo-ha. And I'm just going to... I'll make him do some weird stuff. <laughs> just what, for my own amusement. What's like the first... What's one of the key things you would love to get Sinjin to do? Um, well, he's married, so I'm not going to mess with his wife, because that'd be weird. Yeah, right. Sexually. Right, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to mess with her. <laughs> But I'm going to make him... I'm going to pick the weirdest outfit, first of all, yeah. from the clothes that he has. Mm. Um, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him go out and buy some weird stuff. Yeah. Try a beverages that he doesn't like. Ah. Um, Does he have, like, an aversion to a particular drink? Yeah, I'll find something. I'll make him make me a list. Okay. <laughs> and I'll take him on adventures. <laughs> and then I'm going to go see if I can get... I'm going to go meet up with as many people as I can and see if I can get away with being Sinjin. Yeah. And if anyone notices, that will be the big challenge. That'll oh. be an acting exercise for me. Yeah. Do I know his... Like, because we've toured together for months at a time. So I feel like I'd know his mannerisms, like, his speech patterns, but, like, pretty well. Mm. The only thing that would get me caught out is if... Someone makes me play video games because he's much better than I am. Oh. And people would know, like, Sinjin got 
bad at it. <laughs> so that's my answer. That's what I would do. I would go mess with Sinjin. <laughs> Sinjin, look out. Yeah. It's happening. If I get my machine to work. Yes. Finally. It's alive. Yeah. So you picked the word D20. And we've actually had, we've had the word dice on the show many, many moons ago, uh, but not D20. So why did you pick D20? I'm very excited because you actually brought a container I, of I dice, did. which I'm it. a big fan of. ASMR for the for the pigs. <laughs> yeah, um, I picked D twenty. Well, it's give them a little bit of, bit of that. Oh yeah, little little. Look at that! Look at that! noise on you. It is the clickety clacks. Um, I picked D twenty because uh, it's kind of coming out of really the question of how is your heart, uh, head, heart, and tummy. Yeah. Because out of kind of being out of broken, hitting a point of burnout in New Zealand, middle of last year. Um, where I had three weeks where suddenly, you know, I got up, I went to the door of this hotel room and went to open it and just couldn't turn it. Wow. I, I just I had nothing left. Um, my adrenals were shot and it was like, I've got nothing. And I just had to sit back down and was like, hey guys, I'm not coming in today. Um, and uh, so from that point, uh, I became very aware about well-being um, and as you say, like trying to go out and fill parts of your day with other elements that aren't the thing that you're meant to be working on. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things like, cause you just work so hard, but you're like, why am I working so hard if I'm not getting any reward to like, I'm not getting to do any of the things that make me happy. Right. Yeah. You, know, you got to fuel all that shit. Yeah. And, and it's got to have balance. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put fuel in the tank. You can't just keep going. Um, so it, it's kind of just by happen chance really um you know after new zealand we went uh to where did we go we went to sydney next and sydney was the point where it was like there was a few weeks and i kind of went there early to kind of rejuvenate and get a bit better and feel better before going back into the rigmarole um and one of our uh mechs one of our techs cameron who was from brisbane um was uh, is a dungeon master and dealing with Dungeons Dragons and I hadn't played it for eons like I played it in high school very badly yeah you know where we didn't know the game and uh, it was like one of my friend's brothers played the game and so we just kind of played what we thought it might be yeah sure um, which like evolved into like you know one of I remember Cameron like playing a goblin that whose weapon was a bag of poo like, hell yeah like, as it would be but D20 was... It's what Gygax would have wanted. <laughs> that was the aim of the original game. Yeah. Um, so, but D20 was... Yeah, it was... Uh, we started playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons outside work in Sydney. Um, and we would play it, you know, like once every two weeks. Um, but it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And it, I suddenly realized that this was like something that could fill my cup. Awesome. Uh, as opposed to empty it. Um or your bag of holding, if you will. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, put more poo into the bag. Of, into the bag. bag of poo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I got really excited when um, you know I went there for my first les- uh, session and and lesson and got to uh, I was given a, a set of dice. Nice. Bright red dice. And I was like, what is this? Um, and yeah, and started like you know rolling a d twenty and you know oh I rolled a six great um, and the excitement of kind of creating these characters and figuring out storytelling and realizing that the storytelling is so freeform in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very like, cause I have always loved D and D. 
um, but never played like a proper proper game until this year honestly oh. uh, during the very early stages of the pandemic yeah. and where my friends started playing a bunch of games online I was like alright I'm going to jump in the deep end with a bunch of people that know what they're doing and just be like just so you guys know I'm going to ask a lot of questions but I'm ready to learn <laughs> and they, everyone was so cool about it and that is exactly what happened I'm like okay so what do I roll here how does this work can I use this here mm. and everyone was like hell yeah just jump in and like trial by fire and, I, and it was really, really good. And it was so much fun. How, when was you first interested in it? I mean, I've always loved D&D. And I've played, like, versions of it and other role-playing games. But it's the first time I've actually properly played, like, Dungeons & Dragons, like mm. a proper campaign. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And I like, listened to the podcast about it. And, like, even on my other podcast, The Cave, we used to do our own sort of version of it. Uh, where I would take my co-host on a different role-playing adventure. We would have to roll. They were... Real dumb! <laughs> he was real bad at it. Died many times. That's what I love about the game is that if you can play it however interests you, you know, however hmm. you f- brings pleasure and joy to the group, you, that's how you kind of explore it. You know, it's not this kind of set. I mean, yes, there are r- rules, but just like with improv, it's like you learn the rules so you, then you can kind of bend them. Yeah, it's, imp- it's improv with, with powers and chance. Yeah! Right? It's really, and that's what I really talk about. I was just like, and I was like, oh, I can, I can at bare minimum propose anything I want, and then we'll just see if it happens. It, and then you roll the die, yeah. and you see if that occurs. You know? Yeah, the first, well, funnily enough, uh, I did uh, play um, an interim game with, with Sinjin. Yeah. Um, who will be controlling shortly. Yeah. Um, but in that game, I was like a, a dwarf cleric and who was obsessed with, with backflipping. Um, we talked about backflipping just before we started recording. <laughs> but he, that was his thing. It was like, you know, I have to do a backflip. That's my thing, right? I'm so great. He just thought he was so fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so I would all constantly, you know, roll for a backflip. And, and appropriately, as I've just rolled just then, a one. Mm, it's, not crit- gonna, it's not going to go well. Critical fail. <laughs> and that's how you broke your spine. <laughs> oh, yeah. There would be certain points in the campaign where it would be like a celebratory moment or a risk moment. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a swing at this dragon, but I'm going to backflip yeah. as I do it. And every time, uh, my character would just, Morgrim would just fail. Yeah. Would just be terrible. And usually lose. All he wants is a little pizzazz, but he's just not good at it. His center of gravity is not quite right. (laughs) No. Uh, My D&D character is a, is a elf, uh, an elf who, uh, named Tamani. Oh. Uh, who's sort of weird little characteristic. He will eat, he'll just eat random things. I'm like, uh, can I roll to see if I can eat that? And more often than I would eat it get sick and or die. But I was like, you know, sometimes this this will pay off. I'm going to show you people. <laughs> yeah, but you committed to that character. I committed to the character. Right, to the role. Yeah. Um, and it's fascinating because since learning about, you know, uh, more getting more into D&D and using it as a form of replenishment Yeah. Um, and also kind of social um, exploring and social learning. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm quite a, usually quite a private person, but getting into a group of people and suddenly focusing on this task and storytelling, yeah. you learn um, each other's kind of strengths and weaknesses. I watched a, a Google talk with like Marisha Ray and Matthew Mercer and, and like the, all those guys from um, Critical Role, yeah. which has become so popular and in the zeitgeist now. But they talked about stuff how like when you combat a dragon together as a group of people, and then suddenly you are asked to problem solve in the real world with those group of people, you f- feel like you can do that. You can take on the dragon together because you know that you've yeah. Done it. You've faced if you can slay something that big. 
getting this photocopier to work can't be that big a problem. <laughs> right, exactly. You, you know? just got to plug it in. You got to, you know, cast a spell on the photocopier. And... Get that toner working. <laughs> right. Awesome. Um, do you find that many of your uh, D&D uh, skills translate into real world stuff? Oh, wow. No, yeah, no. Trying try to do flips lately? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... What one... is the closest you've ever come to legitimately doing a backflip? Oh, uh, jumping, trying to do a backflip into a swimming pool. Ah. Um, but failing. Miserably. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking to Ghost Brand. <laughs> I, um, I died 14 years ago mm. trying to do a backflip into a pool where I flipped around and whacked my head on the corner. But I did. Like, I, mean, I didn't hit it. He couldn't ascend to heaven because he hasn't finished those fucking <laughs> musicals yet. That's right. Four. Four to go. But I would do a backflip and I think I, like, belly flopped. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't make it all the way, way around. And that's, still, that's still a pretty good arc of rotation if I'm looking at it. It's, yeah. yeah, that's fair. It's fair enough. But that's the thing, it's like, you know, as in the real world, I haven't been able to, to do that. I can't do a backflip. I mean, even in a musical, years ago, I had to do a double turn, and I, I, got, I could only do a turn and a half, like, every, every time. It's still pretty good. It's only about turning. Yeah. Yeah. But being able to fantasize about those concepts of yourself and the better parts of yourself that you would like to grow and evolve is cool. I really love the exploration of, of it. And you also learn each other's strengths and weaknesses because you could be really great at backflips. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I assume that I am, but I don't need to prove myself yeah. to anybody. That's right. Let's just all assume I'm very good at it. Excellent. Yeah. But you would, you know, if, if you had that strength in the real world, then yeah. I ideally could learn off you. Yeah. Um, so I really like that kind of group storytelling and synergy that happens. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, we have a couple of minutes left. We have to try figure out now how we can make the world a better place. We've talked about role playing, uh, finding new creative outlets during the pandemic. Mm. Uh, you love backflips. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel like you stand in the world? And what can we do using using the power of D twenty mm. uh, to make the world a better place? I mean, initially we you know we were talking about Trump a while back. It's like if Trump had played some Dungeons and Dragons with some good friends yeah um you know so uh, look i i watched a uh a short um kind of thing on on youtube of just like a teacher talking about Dungeons and dragons yeah and one thing he said was i tried to institute um Dungeons and dragons at my school to get it to get it in for the kids a dnd yeah, right. club yeah cool. the school went that is the work of satan Ugh. how dare you bring that in here are we in the 70s again <laughs> yeah and of course this was an american school yeah um but then the teacher said, so I just waited a few weeks and then I came back and I said, hey, um, I would love to start a, a class where we just explore ethical situations um, as other people. And it's kind of like we, you know, there are game elements, but it's uh, kind of learning and exploring uh, human behavior uh, and human Amazing. scenarios. And they went, we love it. That's great. Fantastic. Of course. Put it on. And so that's how he got his Dungeons and Dragons group in, um, put into the, the school. That is one thing that I found when I played it. There are moral dilemmas that come up and you go, well, I wouldn't make this choice knowing my set of morals, but I'm not playing myself right now, so maybe I will just kill this tree. Right. And it's a really weird thing to go sometimes against what you, in your actual real heart, believe in going, yeah, but the truth of the, my character is that my, the money would eat this bowl of cigarette butts. Yeah. Because that's what's in his heart. <laughs> to money? To money. To money. To money. Yeah. Because that's the thing is... Um, I feel like because you are forced to look at, th at the world through someone else's eyes, in this case, 
the, your character to money? Who is what alignment? Um, a, uh, I think he's what is a rogue, a rogue half elf. Mm. Yes. Was he like evil, good, neutral? Um, I don't think I ever made that decision. Okay. I would say like n- neutral, sinister. <laughs> <laughs> but you would, it can you know it can make you look at the world in scenarios through the eyes of what your character would do. Mm. And so what it's at its core, what it's essentially doing is creating empathy. What? Can you imagine? What would that mean <laughs> for the world? <laughs> right? Yeah. So it would mean ideally that you start looking at scenarios through other people's eyes and how they might view it as opposed to, ah, oh, they're evil. They did this bad thing. You're like, well, th- they did the best that they could with the, with the, um, you know, abilities that they had at that time of what they knew. Yeah. One of the, one of the gr- best memes that I've seen during this pandemic is just the guy with the balloons that says, you know, I don't know how to explain to you that you should care about other people. Mm. And like, that hits so many things for me. I'm like, fucking, yeah. Um, Brent, look, we're almost out of time, but what? would you like to let people know um, if you want them to be able to find you online, mm. where they can find you on the, the social medias and websites and whatnot? Sure. I'm just around the corner, uh, to the left, open the door, yeah. I'm sitting in a room. Brent is in your heart. <laughs> uh, somewhere working on five musicals. Five musicals, as yeah. of today. Um, D&D, D20, the musical, that could mm. be cool. That could be cool. It's like you roll a die and it changes I would, the outcome. I would watch that. Yeah, uh, we're going to start working on that. Um, look, my, my basic mm, social media stuff is just brenthill.com and brenthill uh, on Instagram. All right, do one final D20 roll to see how the universe thinks this went. Oh my gosh, okay. It went four. <laughs> I do not accept this. The dice is broken. Well, maybe we, do we have an advantage? Maybe we have oh, an yeah, advantage yeah. on the roll. Podcast advantage. Yeah, right. Uh, four again but it knocked the other dice into a 12 Uh, 16 there we go alright pretty good (laughs) thanks Brent thank you and that's how it goes (laughs) that's cool thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Morning Mrs. Strawberry if you'd like to help this podcast grow you can do all those amazing things like subscribe write a review rate it and of course share it around the world you can find the podcast at anchor.fm Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify and all good podcast apps I'd like to say a massive thank you to Cosmo Bones for the brand new logo and encourage you dear listener to get in contact if you would like to be part of the show and help make the world better one word at a time